What's going on at 11.30? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, it, there's still some people coming in, so if you have some open seats near you, if you can kind of like scoot in a little bit, make some room for, for other people. I know we've been saying this over the last couple of weeks. Like if there's a service, we have three, actually, we have two other services that you can go to besides this one, uh, because the other one that 1015 is full. But if there is a service Saturday night at 6 p.m. or 615 p.m. Sunday morning at 9 a.m. that you wouldn't mind going to, uh, we, we would love for you to be able to attend that service, maybe not have as many people crowding you there. Um, just 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 help your pastor out right now. I'm trying, I'm trying really hard not to have to add another service right now if we don't have to, but you guys are you guys are kind of forcing my hand here if you don't help me out. So I'm gonna make you come to 1245 if you don't watch out. So uh, anyways, man, we're glad that you're with us. Um, we are in a series called The Fight of Your Life. And, and this series has all been all about spiritual warfare and What's been interesting is, is hearing the conversations that we've had over the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, I've heard from people. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, I wanna encourage you to go back and watch online. But person after person after person has been coming up and saying, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I've been in some things that I thought it, I was battling against some people. I thought I was battling against circumstances. But what I've come to realize over the last couple of weeks is that I'm actually battling a spiritual war. And there is an enemy that is out there that is trying to steal kill and destroy and our goal in this series has been hey we want to equip you to be victorious in life we don't want you to walk in defeat we actually want you to walk in victory and so we've been studying Ephesians chapter 6 and and I, I'm just telling you I've never studied this like I have in this series and God is teaching me a lot so we're going to pick up where we left off last week, starting in Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Now, I wanna stop right there because I think a lot of times uh, uh, what we do is we pick up bits and we pick up pieces of the armor of God and we think, man, I'm fully dressed. But here's what I know is that the equivalent of that would be like waking up in the morning, putting on some underwear, throwing on a t-shirt and rolling off to the gym. Like it might feel like you're fully dressed, but at some point you're gonna realize, I forgot some pants, I forgot my shoes, like I forgot some things in life, and this is gonna be embarrassing. Some of you are getting embarrassed in life because you're being defeated because you only put on pieces of the armor, but I could preach a whole message about, we gotta put all of this stuff on if we're gonna be victorious in life. And so, so he says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, listen, it's not if the day of evil's coming, it's when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. And my goal here is that we would raise up a church that no matter what culture throws our way, that we, excuse me, dying here, that we would be able to stand firm, that we would stand firm on the truth of Jesus Christ and we wouldn't allow the world to dictate things to us, but we would let God help us make our stand. And then he gives us the first piece of armor. It's a piece of armor that most of us would overlook, but it's very, very significant. In verse 14, he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. 
Now, this is interesting. He says the belt of truth. Like, this is not the first piece of armor I would think about putting on. Like, there are a lot of accessories in life. Like, I don't think a lot about belts. I'm not, like, a huge belt guy. It's not like I collect belts or anything like that. I wear a belt every day. But it's not like I think about, man, I need my belt. Like, I'll go days without my belt. In fact, I heard a, a, a comedian say it this way, which I thought was pretty good. He said, I, I don't really understand belts. Belts are there to help you hold up your Pants, but then the belt loops on your pants hold up the belt, so we don't really know who the champion is in this deal. Come on, that's funny right there. I don't care who you are. But have you noticed that belts kind of come in all different shapes and sizes here? And I have some different belts here today. The, the first belt is the double G Gucci belt. Come on, this is the belt for all the people in Parkland right here. Come on, Parkland. You know that this is your belt. This is not this is not Coral Springs' belt. This is Parkland's belt. Got some truth right there. It's the belt of truth right now. Why? We, why do we have the Gucci? Why do we have the double G Gucci belt? Because we want everybody to know, man, I'm somebody. Like, check out my accessory. What's up? I paid $600 for this, and you paid $30 for yours. I'm better than you. That's what you think. Oh, we got quiet. This is not my belt, by the way. So it's, I did not. Don't email me. Pastor, you're wearing a Gucci belt? No, I'm not. I'm wearing a $30 Kmart belt. I don't know. It's like, but this, this is not the belt that, that Paul was talking about. He wasn't talking about the Gucci. Uh, but, but for some of you guys, it's, it's not that belt. This is, this is your belt right here. This is from my Boynton Beach, my, my Lake Worth people right here. Come on, somebody. This is for the person that loves America. And country music is their jam. Did you win a rodeo? Nope. I just like big buckles. So, but this, is, this isn't the kind of belt, this is an accessory belt. This is not the kind of belt that, that, that Paul's talking about. For, uh, some of us, we, we like some different kind of belts. We like some different kind of belts. Like we like, we like the victory belt, right? Right, this is the belt I won off Vitor Belfort. I, I beat him up, took it from him. Where are you at Vitor? There you are, did, did, not, did not beat you up and take this from you. Yeah, he's like, yeah, right. But some of us, we're like, man, I like that. Because we like to be victorious, don't we? We like everybody to know that I'm a winner and you're a loser. <laughs> Show it off. It's a belt of victory. Honestly, Vitor, I don't know how you wear this. It's so heavy. It's, oh, that's why you put it over your shoulder. You, like, you don't even put it around your waist. You just put it over your shoulder. You just like, check me out. But this isn't the kind of belt that Paul's talking about either in this, this statement right here. In fact, there, there's another kind of belt some of us wear. It's, it's the tool belt. Come on, guys. Come on. Every man has to have a tool belt at their house. You're not a man unless you have a tool belt. Some of y'all like, you just called me out. I'm not a man. And, and every tool belt, you got to have some accessory. You got to have like a tape measure in there, you know, and you got to have a chalk box. What else do I, I got to have some pliers, some shims in there. You just never know when you're going to need a shim. Notice this is not like something I just went and bought at the store. It has like junk on it. Like I actually know how to use this. But, but it, this, this isn't the kind of belt that, that Paul's talking about either. So, so when he says put on the belt of truth, what you have to understand is the context in the day and the age in which Paul is making this statement. He's actually, he's actually sitting in prison 
uh, writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And as he's sitting there in prison, he's describing like what it's gonna be like to fight a spiritual battle. And because he's sitting in prison, there is a Roman guard that is there that is watching him. And so as he's writing to the church in Ephesus, he's describing some of the armor that the, the Roman centurion has. And he's going, hey, this is how you have to fight your battles. There are some things in your life that you're gonna need to put on. In fact, I have a picture of a Roman centurion right here. Uh, they asked me to model for this picture. It didn't work out real well. But you'll see right here in the middle, they're gonna put some arrows right there, is the belt of truth. And you'll notice there's two straps that are right there. And this belt was significant because the Roman centurion, he would be wearing between 70 and 80 pounds of armor. How many of y'all know that's heavy? That's heavy, and, and, and so they would have to carry this armor on their body for somewhere between 12 and 15 hours a day. And what the belt actually did is it took all this armor that was cumbersome and clanky, and it would wrap around it, and it would actually secure everything in place so he could fight, so he could respond, so he could facilitate his job. And so the armor was actually a critical aspect. The belt was actually a critical aspect to allow him to do what he's supposed to do. Now, here's what I really believe about the belt. The belt stabilizes and it actually strengthens your core. That's what the belt is all about. And so, so the belt that, that is there in that day, what I would say it most describes like is, is a weightlifting belt in our day. Like one of these, and what, is, what does a weightlifting belt do? You, you, you put on a weightlifting belt so your core can be stabilized, so your core can be secure, so that you can take a greater load on your life. Like the greater the load, the tighter the belt has to be because your core has to be strong. And here's what I know about a lot of your lives, that God has a purpose, that God has a plan. In the weight of his purpose, in the weight of his plan, in the weight of his destiny, by yourself, you cannot carry that load. And so you need to have a belt on your life that you can strap in that will help you secure it and carry the significance that God has for you. I'm preaching way better than you respond. I'm just letting you know that right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna untighten this so I can breathe, so. See, the enemy, the enemy knows all about this because if, if, if you're injured or you go to a physical therapist or you go to a trainer, the first thing a trainer or a physical therapist is gonna say, what you need to strengthen in your life is your core. You need to strengthen your core. And if you'll get your core strength, you know what it'll do? It'll fix your back problems. It'll help you stand straighter. It'll help your shoulders get back. It'll help you uh, be more athletic. It'll help you overcome things in life. Why? Because everything starts with your core. And Paul says if you're going to be a soldier in this spiritual battle, then you have to have a belt that will stabilize you when you're getting ready for battle. And let me just say this, the reason why so many Christians are getting thrown from the left and to the right, the reason why so many of us, when trouble starts to arise, we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know how I'm gonna make it. We're unstable. It's because we have not wrapped the belt of truth around our lives. Because you need a belt that will stabilize you in those moments. And he doesn't just say it's any belt, but he actually gives us a specific belt that we have to put on. And it's based off this one word and it's called truth. He says you have to, you have to put on this one thing and the one thing that you need in your life 
is truth. You need to wrap truth around your waist. You need to wrap truth around your life. And then guess what? Everything else, no matter what is being hurled your way, doesn't matter how difficult the battle is. It doesn't matter how overwhelming the battle is. Because you have truth, you'll be able to stand. So the question is, is what is truth? So here's the definition. Truth, the, an objective standard by which reality is measured. That's what truth is. It's the objective standard by which reality is measured. So truth is not how you feel. It isn't even what you believe. It doesn't matter how sincere you are about it because how many of you know that you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong? A lot of people are sincere and sincerely wrong these days. And so the tactic of the enemy in our world today is he wants to come in and immediately begin to start attacking truth in your life. And the enemy, what he's trying to get you to do is he's trying to get you to release that belt of truth off of your life because when you release the belt of truth, all the armor starts to move around and it doesn't matter if you have a sword in your hand because you're no longer effective because it's not being held together. So you need to understand this, truth is what stabilizes the believer during the battle. And a lot of you guys, you're in the midst of a war right now and, and what the enemy has done in your life is he has attacked your life and he's attacking your life when it comes to truth. He's going, man, God isn't who he really said it is. Jesus really isn't the son of God. God's word is not actually true. Uh, you aren't really called. And what he's doing is he's bringing lie after lie after why because he's trying to get you to doubt truth. That's why John said, talking about the devil in John chapter eight, verses 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you wanna carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Listen, the enemy is never holding on to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And what he's trying to do every single day is he's bringing lie after lie after lie after lie after lie after lie into your life on a daily basis. Is one of the reasons why we say, man, you need to get in church on a weekly basis. You need to get into a group every single week. You need to have somewhere in your life that is gonna have an objective standard of truth so that when the lies of the enemy come at you, you go, no, 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 I know what truth says. And while the world may tell me something, there is an objective standard that I live by. And it doesn't matter how I feel or what they said or how my party votes, I need to understand that the enemy, the devil, you know what he deals in? He deals in deception. So what he wants to do is he wants to deceive you in life and get you to doubt truth. Now, here's the problem with deception. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Like, there may be something that's true and you believe it's false and because you're deceived, it doesn't matter how true it is, it's still gonna be false to you. It reminds me of back in the day, that, that show, maybe you remember this, What Not to Wear. Does anybody remember that show back in the day? What Not to Wear. And, and if you don't know what would happen, the premise of the show is, is a family member, a friend, a coworker, somebody would recommend somebody with terrible style. They would say like, this person doesn't have any idea how to dress. And what they would do is this person would go on the show and the first thing they would do is they'd bring all their clothes and they would take them into this spot where there was a 360 degree mirror and they would stand in front of this mirror and they would look at themselves. And because 
because they were so deceived, they would be mismatching things, oversized, too tight, just whatever, just crazy stuff. They'd look at themselves and they'd be like, man, I look good. Like, I'm hot. Everybody wants some of this, you know, and they'd be, they'd be assessing themselves thinking that, that, that they look great in that moment. And it's kind of like, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you're trying to help them see how they're wrong? And it doesn't matter how many angles, it doesn't matter how many views you give them, like they just can't see how wrong they are. And what you need in that moment is you need an objective standard that will help them get bridge the gap there. And so the objective standard in this show was Stacey London, London and Clinton Kelly. And they would walk in and they were fashion experts and this person would be there in the mirror. They'd be like, I look good. They'd walk in and they'd say, you look like a clown. Like those clothes are way too big for you. And like, you think that they're, because they're big, they're hiding fat, they're actually accentuating it. You know, like we need to get you changed. And all of a sudden that person, the light bulb would go on. They'd go, oh my gosh, I never realized how bad I looked in that moment. And my goal here today, church, is that the light bulb would go off and you would go, I, I, I've never realized that there is truth and this truth can change everything. And if I'll wrap the belt of truth around my life, it will change everything and it will give me stability in my life, no matter what battle or obstacle I'm facing. So three, three keys about truth today, write it down. Number one, truth is absolute. This is important because we live in a world where people think it's just, you believe whatever you wanna believe. Whatever you think, that's okay. Like the statement I hear all the time is, is, hey, you just do you. Like you do you and I'll do me and we'll all be happy. The problem with that is, is that is not reality. The reality is, is if something is true, whether you believe it or not, if it's true, it's true. It would be like the equivalent of like us not believing in the reality of gravity. And we're having a conversation and you're like, hey, you do you. And I'm like, hey, I believe I can fly. <laughs> but you do to you, right? And no matter how much I believe I can fly, no matter how much I believe I can touch the sky, even if I think about it every night and day, <laughs> when I go up, you know what's gonna happen? The reality of gravity is gonna make my fat butt come down. Because gravity is true whether I believe it or not. Same thing when it comes to absolute truth. And here's the problem. Gen Z and the millennial generation, they would say this statement, that something, one third of them would say, not all of them, one third of them would say this, that something can be absolutely true for you and untrue for me. Like how? How is it possible that we live in a world that celebrates relativism in a way that you just figure it out on your own and here is the issue with it and it's not popular today but you need to hear it. For something to be true, it means that something else has gotta be false. And listen, we live in a world today where we're trying to please everybody and we're trying to make everybody like us and we're tolerant of every idea out there. And because of that, we have a hard time saying something is false and we wonder why everything is so unstable. Let me say it another way. 
We wonder why Christians are so unstable because we're living in such a way that we're not able to call truth truth and lies lies. And I think we're, we're, we're at this point where we gotta start grabbing this belt and we gotta go, you know what? I'm gonna, start to, I'm gonna start to hunker down. I'm gonna start to pull this a little bit tighter in this day because I need something that's stable in my life. Because when I have this stable, you know what I start doing? I start walking in spiritual victory. Listen, we need a little bit more discernment in our lives where, no, where, where, where we live in a world where nobody knows what is true. Like we need something more. I love what Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher back in the day said. He said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. That right there, my friends, is the issue we are dealing with because today, here's what we do. We mix the truth of God's absolute truth of his word and then over here, we have some crazy ideas and thoughts and we go, hey, both of these are true. And can I, can I, can I just get real with you? Can I, can I pastor you for a minute here and probably step on some toes and maybe your throats? Here's my concern, church, is that we have elevated crazy ideas and conspiracies of this world at the same level of the absolute truths of God's word. And so what'll happen is, is you're online on some social media platform and, and you're out there giving God's truth, like Jesus is the only way to heaven. Like God's word is true. Like, his grace is available to all. Absolute truths of God's word. And then at the same time, you've grabbed some random blog from a person you've never met before who has some idea that you think is cool and you're going, this is truth as well. And I'm passionate about this. Because you know what that does when we elevate the truth of God's word and we say this crazy idea is right at the same level? It makes Christians look gullible. And listen, we're into some weird stuff right now. I'm all for a good conspiracy theory. Let's have a conversation about it. Like seriously, like I, like, I love it. But don't put it up with the absolute truth of God's word. Yeah. Like, that's a theory, not truth. Because when we start doing that, you know what the world says? They say, Christians are crazy. Which I would agree with when we do that. And what I'm concerned about is the church of Jesus Christ does not look very solid right now because we have not been strapping truth in and saying, man, I'm gonna live by this. Listen, church, be careful. Be careful what you're posting as truth out there. I would say anything that is not the absolute truth of God, God's word. I, I don't know that I put my name on that and go, that's true. We gotta be careful. Number two, truth can be known. And this is a big issue today. Because Gen Z and the millennial generation, like when I talk to them, they're, they're like, man, I'm not even sure what I believe anymore and I get it 
because there can be an event happening in the world and you turn on the news and on one station, they're saying this and then you go to a different station, the exact same event and they're saying the exact opposite thing. And they're going, man, I don't, I don't know what to believe. And some of you guys will, are like, well, I know what's true. I don't really know that you do. I'm not so sure that you're so in tune with truth that you really know. I know what your bias is and what your anti-bias is, but I'm not so sure that we actually have all the truth right now. But the next generation, they're growing up thinking, I have no clue what to believe anymore. I have no clue what to believe because how do I know who is really telling the truth? How do I know what's actually real? And here's what I know about any situation where you're trying to find truth. How do you find truth? You have to get back to the origin. You have to get back to the beginning. That's where you're gonna begin to find truth. So if there is a car accident and two parties are involved, what an officer will do is he'll pull up to that scene, he'll take statements from both of those people and they'll have different vantage points and perspectives based on where they were and what he'll do is he'll go back to where everything started and he'll start investigating from where those, where those uh, skid marks are and he'll start analyzing at the beginning because the only way you can know truth is to get to the origin. And the closer you get to the origin, the closer you get to truth. The further away you get from the origin, the further you get away away from truth. I don't know if you guys remember the game telephone as a kid. Anybody remember that game? What happened is, is I, I'll walk over here and, I, and I, 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 I whisper a secret in Andrea's ear and then Andrea would tell the next person, next person, next person. By the time I get to Shayla, it would be like 180 degrees different than what I started with. Why? Because the further you get from the origin, the more convoluted and distorted it becomes. And so if we're gonna know what truth is, we have to go back to the origin. And here's what we know, in the beginning was God. God was in the beginning, he created heaven and earth. So if God was at the beginning, then, then if I wanna know truth, then I better know God and I better know him in a real way. That's how I'm going to know truth. And what might be one of the most important scriptures in all of the Bible is actually found in Hebrews chapter one, verses one through three. And this is what it says. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. We're talking about Jesus here. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also... He made the universe. So what he's saying is he said, not only was Jesus my son on this earth, but he was actually there in the beginning when everything was created. He was actually the master craftsman in this deal. It says the sun is the radiance of God's glory. And here's the statement you need to know. It's the phrase that pays and the exact representation of his being. If you're an underliner of your Bible, that's something you need to underline right there. Sustaining all things in his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. And I want you to understand this, and you want some deep Bible teaching, here it is. You wanna know God because God is truth. How do we know what God would do? Well, we have the exact representation of God, and it's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. You wanna know the truth? I'll tell you how you know the truth. Jesus actually said it. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
He declared it right there. And a lot of us, we have a picture of Jesus as this, this weak guy with a sheep on his shoulders and like perfect Prantine Pro-V hair. And that's not who Jesus was at all. Like Jesus was a man's man. This isn't some pastor. This isn't some denomination. This isn't just some random person. This is the son of God going, hey, I'm gonna tell you a statement. And I'm gonna say it for real. I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. Listen, you wanna get to heaven? It happens through me. Listen, that is the most exclusive statement on the planet right there. It doesn't fit any narrative of today. You do you. No. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. You want to get to God? Exclusivity. Me. But it's also the most loving and caring statement on the planet. Because he could have just said, hey, you do you. Good luck. Hope you figure it out. Hope you make it there. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to give you the pathway. And the pathway is me. The exact representation of God said, if you follow me, you will always be in truth. You want to know how you have truth in your life? Write it down. Here it is. Truth is a person. And his name is Jesus. He's a person. And his name is Jesus. And I need to set this straight because we're doing things and we're acting certain ways and we think it's okay. And we found ways to justify our means. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this belt and I want it to wrap around your life. Because it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what culture's opinion of it is. It doesn't matter how many people voted for it. Truth is defined by one thing. Would Jesus do it? That's how it's defined. That is the truth. So let me give you a statement. It's a statement that isn't used very often anymore. In fact, it, it, at one point in time in the late uh, 80s and early 90s, it was a very, very popular uh, kind of mantra in the church world. If you're not in the church world, you probably have no idea what this is. If you were around the church back in the day, you'll know exactly what this is. And it's four letters that will change everything about your life. And it's WWJD. We're going to put it up right there. Some of you are like, Pastor, is that a website? No, it's not a website. <laughs> that would be three W's. But it is, it is a statement that if you'll allow it to lead your life, it will lead you and guide you in truth. And here's what it stands for, WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in that situation? Because if Jesus is the exact representation of God, then I'm gonna live my life not based on how I feel, but I'm gonna live by a foundational statement of what would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus approach my marriage right now? How would Jesus raise these children? How would Jesus steward these finances? How would Jesus treat the poor? Well, my political party says I should do this. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, I think it's okay to do this. Does Jesus think it's okay to do that? See, Jesus had no problem confronting things because he knew how damaging sin was, but yet at the same time knew how abundant his grace was. So Coastal, here's my question. Can we be a church that Jesus, where Jesus is the objective standard of truth for everything in our lives? 
So today, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go old school. And, 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 and we're gonna do something that probably isn't cool anymore at, at the end of service as you're walking out. We're gonna give everybody WWJD bracelets. I know you probably haven't seen those in years, and, but we're, we're gonna go. Listen, sometimes retro is cool. And we're going retro here. And, and because here's what I know is that you're gonna face some things this week and you're gonna go, oh my gosh, what do I do? And here's what you need to do in those moments. You need to invite an objective truth into that moment. His name is Jesus. And you need to go in that moment, Jesus, what would you have me do right here? How would you respond in this moment? And if we'll get to that standard, then you know what? We'll have truth evident in our lives. Let's make it cool again. And I'm not gonna get political here, but here's the problem. I think a lot of us are more in tune with being American than we are being like Jesus. I think our problem is, is we're more passionate about being a Democrat or a Republican than doing what Jesus would do. Let's get back to a standard of truth that is found in one name, in one name alone, Jesus Christ. And if we'll ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? It will change everything. Listen, it'll solve 99.9% .9 of our problems today. If we'll just get back to wrapping the belt of truth around our life and going, what would Jesus do right here? Number three, the truth hurts. Everybody's like, ooh, I thought you were gonna be more positive right there. <laughs> right, because the truth hurts, doesn't it? Like, the truth doesn't always feel real good. Like, it, 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 it's, it's pretty normal that right after I get done preaching, I'll walk off and somebody will walk up to me and go, Pastor, can I tell you the truth about that message? No, you can't. Because I know when you start like that, what that truth is going to be. You didn't like something I said, and you can send that email to tj at idontcare.com. <laughs> Actually, you can tell me it. Just tell me on Tuesday, not right after I walk up the stage. <laughs> Give me a little bit of time to process there. But the truth hurts. If you've ever had a friend or a mentor or a pastor confront you with some truth, it's like, ooh. Why does the truth hurt? Because we have some pride. Because we have some things that we think are the right way of doing things that maybe aren't necessarily right. I don't know if you've ever been in an argument and in the middle of the argument where you're arguing your point, you realize that your point is wrong. And then you're like, ooh, how am I gonna back my way out of this so I can be right, but I'm really wrong? Because the truth hit and it, it hurt. And I'll just tell you this, man, if you come to Coastal Community Church, you'll be confronted with truth every single week. In some weeks, you'll stand in the back and you'll shout me down and go, that's good, Pastor. And then the next week, you're gonna be like, Pastor, would you shut up? Because this hurts. <laughs> but I want you to know it's not my job to make you comfortable. It's my job to help make you better. And I think there are way too many people in church that are comfortable and on their way to an eternity away from God because they're comfortable at not doing anything for God. They're comfortable in that broken marriage. They're comfortable disengaged from their children. They're comfortable letting their finances get ruined by debt. They're comfortable living in their sin. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be comfortable. I wanna be right at the end of the day. So sometimes in order to be right, it's gonna hurt a little bit. So don't run out of church and go, man, I, I don't like that church because 
It's uncomfortable. Embrace it. I study churches and I study church growth all the time. And listen, there are tons of denominations and there are tons of churches that have decided, you know what? Instead of, instead of teaching God's truth, we're gonna water it down and we're gonna make it to where it's palatable for culture today. And you know what's happening in all those churches? They're dying and they're empty. See, what I love about our church is you understand that you're not here to feel good, you're here to get better. And so sometimes the truth is going to hurt But the goal here isn't that we would take the truth of God's word and twist it to meet our lifestyle. The goal is, is that our lifestyle would change to meet the truth of God's word. The truth hurts. But here's the good news. It always helps. It always helps. The truth hurts, but you know what it does? It always helps because if we're gonna allow it to come into our lives, you know what it's gonna do as it comes into our lives and it hurts us, it's gonna help us to begin to move forward. It's gonna help us have some freedom in some areas where we've been falling into things over and over again. All of a sudden, it's beginning to help us when it comes to that depression because we're not listening to what everybody else is saying. All of a sudden, we're hearing what God says about us and we're not a loser. We're actually the apple of his eye. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. And that God actually wants our life to prosper, not be in the dumps. The truth hurts but it always helps, so don't run from it. Embrace it. Jesus said this, you'll know the truth. And here's what happens when you know the truth. The truth will actually set you free. I know it's easier to do it other ways, but it's God's truth, not man's ideas that actually set people free. We've got to remember that, and we've got to be a people that says, you know what, I'm going to lean into what would Jesus do, and I'm, I'm going to recognize that, that I, I, I need to know truth, and the only way for me to know truth is to know God, and the more that I get to know God, all of a sudden, you know what begins to happen? The more that I begin to learn the truth about myself, the more I begin to learn how God created me, and how God made me, and how God destined me, and as I begin to do that, I start to walk in more of God's truth, because the more I learn about myself, the more I have a desire for the things of God, and the things of God begin to change me, and transform me, and make me into the man or the woman that he's called me to be, and that is the goal for every single one of us, that we would draw near to God. And as we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. See, what happens is, is as we're drawn near to God, we're resisting the devil and he'll flee from us because we've belted up our lives with the one thing that can bring what all of us so desire, freedom. We have the belt of truth. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you're a God, that you didn't leave us to our own wisdom and our own ways. You saw that so many of us, we've been trying to live with my own truth or the world's truth, and it's gotten a lot of us into a lot of predicaments where we're unstable and we're being tossed to the left and to the right where our mind's playing tricks on us because our enemy is a deceiver. 
And he's coming to steal and he's coming to kill and he's coming to destroy. Because that's who he is and that's what he does. But God, you're, you're so much different than that. You're actually God that saw us in the middle of the defeat we were facing and said, you know what, I'll send a savior that can take care of that problem. See, the Bible tells us, and here's some truth for us, for all of us have sinned. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Myself, you, every single person in this room. The Bible also says that our sin, those mistakes that we've made, those, those decisions that we've made, it actually separates us from God. But God in his great love didn't want us to be separated. He didn't want us to be defeated. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That we can have eternal life because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He made an exclusive but yet loving statement so that you and I, we can experience reunification with the creator of the universe who wants to meet us right where we are, right how we are. He's not asking us to change and fix our life. He says, hey, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And here's what I'll do is I will bring something to your life that you can't find anywhere else. I'll bring rest to you. Rest to your soul. Rest to your mind. Rest to the difficulties that you're going through. But it begins with you inviting Jesus to not be an ancillary part of your life, but being the Lord and the Savior in life. And the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and here's what will happen, we will be saved. We'll be reunited into relationship with God. And maybe you're here and you've never made that decision or you... You walked away from that decision a long time ago. So maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, you would say, you know what, Pastor TJ? I need to receive this incredible gift that God has of salvation, that I can experience truth, that I can have something that can solidify my core in life, that I don't have to be unstable any longer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you here today and you say, you know what, I need to make that decision, whether you're watching online or you're right here in this room, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray a simple yet significant prayer that can change everything for everyone. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip your hands up. I'd love to pray with you. Yes, sir, I see you. One. Yes, sir, two, three, four, five, six. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. Seven. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Yes, ma'am, eight. I see you back there. Anybody else? I see you back there. Nah, thank you. Don't miss your moment. This is an important moment. Pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, God, thank you so much for seeing me in the middle of my mess and loving me in spite of it. I thank you that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to come to this earth and live a perfect life and die a sinner's death, a death that I deserve. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past. Change my present and help me to live for you in the future. I invite you to come into my heart and take over, not to just be my savior, but to be my Lord. Be the belt of truth in my life. And God, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. God, be my direction, be my guidance in this place. God, fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your presence all the days of my life that, that when I'm with you and as I follow you, God, that you will help thwart the, the arrows of the enemy and help me live a life of stability knowing you. God, we love you in this place. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.